So I'm here with Peter Barrett, a.k.a. Slippery Pete, one of the best nicknames in the game. Pete, thanks for joining me, brother. How you doing? Oh, man, I appreciate you taking the time to have me on. I'm, I'm doing good. So first thing, I've been wondering, where does the nickname Slippery Pete come from? I got to know. It's such an awesome name. So uh, it has absolutely nothing to do with fighting by any <laughs> means necessary. It's more of like a, a hark back to my to my single days when I was just kind of uh, more focused on women than I was on fighting. Um, it was uh, my stepdad actually kind of coined the term and it stuck. We were having like a dinner party at my mom's. My, my stepdad was there, my stepsisters, and we were reminiscing about all these vacations we were on. And one of my sisters goes, you know, these are all great. I just don't remember Peter being there. And essentially my stepdad said, who, Slippery Pete? Nah, he was there. He was just always out chasing women. And, uh, you know, I brought that story back to the gym and it just stuck. And, and, and here we are, you know, probably like 10 years later, still slinging Slippery Pete. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So your dad's got to be proud seeing you fight on ESPN now, huh? Well, so it was my stepdad. Oh, but, your stepdad. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, no worries. He's but they both since passed away, so they're 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 watching down. They've got the best view on all of it. I was about to say they're cage side. No, 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 no. There will be cage side up there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. yeah. They're looking over my shoulder the whole time. Best seat in the house, man. So look, you're making your UFC debut. That's got to be exciting for fans who don't know you. Give the story. How did uh how did you get started in mixed martial arts? What's the genesis? So I mean, I wrestled all through high school and I graduated. Give you guys like a quick time frame i graduated 2005 right when we you know ultimate fighter one and two and three were really picking up and taking off but uh you know i have no shame in saying that like the whole idea of, of punching someone and getting hit you know with the idea of wrestling on top of it kind of scared the shit out of me <laughs> and but it was always an idea that i had entertained you know and i kind of always played with the idea i never really dug into it you know all through college was the whole you know, Chuck Liddell, Rise to Fame, um, those big matchups. Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz started coming in big. Um, and it was just always, always an idea. I was out in Denver, Colorado. So there was a big there was a big MMA community already out there. And, you know, I, I finished playing rugby in college and I was looking for something else. And one of my buddies um, said, hey, there's this really standout fighter downtown Denver that, that teaches Muay Thai classes. Let's go check out one of his classes. And uh, that kid was Brandon Thatch, who is a UFC <laughs> veteran. Yeah. And, you know, I went in there. I started getting some work with those guys, started learning jujitsu. My senior year spring break um, versus going on a crazy vacation, they had invited me down for the week to work out with the fight team at the gym he was training at the time. And it really just relit that competitive edge that I had from wrestling, you know, all through high school. And, and I decided, you know, if college doesn't work out or if I don't find, you know, a really fortuitous job right out of school, maybe this is something I want to pursue. And uh, a couple of years later, moved home for other reasons. And I needed I needed a hobby. I needed something to do. My, my cousin was fighting at the time. And I said, hey, man, Zach, you drive by my house every day when you go to the gym. Do you want to start picking me up? Let's start. Let's do this. I want to I want to get back into the swing of things. You know, I, I really enjoyed it while I was training out in Colorado. Um and he said, yeah, let's fucking do it. And, you know, the rest is history. I, I took my first amateur MMA fight after about six months of training out here. Um, I lost. It was a barn burner of a fight. It was more like a hockey <laughs> fight than it was an MMA match. 
and and I was addicted, you know, like I, losing that fight, not having the ability to go right back out there that night and get that win back like you could say on like a Saturday of quad wrestling uh, really burned a hole in my ass. So it just really lit this fire where I knew this is what something that I could pursue. Albeit, I was already about 24, 25 years old at this time, so it was a little bit of a later start. But I did have that, that the four years of wrestling in high school, which translated really nicely into the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and the striking kind of came naturally, so to say. So I just I, I put my heart into it, and I, I haven't looked back since. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you, I could I couldn't remember the uh, the contender series. You did earn the contract that night, correct? Yes, I did. I remember it went to decision and and you got the contract and I was like, wait a minute, he got the because normally if you don't go to if you go to decision you don't get the contract, but you were fortunate enough you put on such a good fight that you got the contract. What was that like when you're sitting in the back waiting for Dana White to say your name? Well, hear me out. So he T.J. Brown, who I say it like he's sitting right next to me right now because that's where he was <laughs> that night. Like, hey T.J., yeah. what's up, homie? Me and T.J. had fought about uh, let's say like two years before that and. Uh, his fight with me went very much like his fight that night. Uh, I dropped him, knocked him out, knocked him right back in, and he ended up getting me in a head and arm in the third round. But, um, <laughs> you know, Dana White's going, you know, TJ Brown's a little old for us. We're not sure if, we, you know, we were, we were kind of hesitant, but, you know, he put on such a good show that we're going to take it on. I'm going, if he's saying TJ Brown's too fucking old, and I'm like three or four years older than TJ Brown, I'm like, <laughs> I've got no fucking shot. You know, and then he starts making these jokes about not being allowed back to Boston if he doesn't sign me. And like he low key kind of told me I was getting a contract, but didn't say, hey, Peter, here's your contract. It went back over. uh, He just said, you know, if I don't give Peter a contract, I don't think I'll ever be allowed in Boston again. Yeah. And and and, you know, Larsenko was like, all right, Peter, come on over and get your contract. And I was like, wait, 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 did that just happen? Did I hear him right? Is is this this what's going on? And you see me like. Everybody plays it cool when they get a contract and they walk over like super casual. I was like, fuck this. I've got family out there. I've got friends out there. Like <laughs> it's time to party. It's time to celebrate. This is like 10 years in the making. And it was just like, it was, it, it let me know. It let me, it, it validated everything I had been doing for the last 10 years of my life, for the last decade of my life. You know, I, I spent four years in college. I got two degrees. I've spent eight years, nine years fighting. And and, and now I've, I've got the validation that everything's been worth it, that, that, I'm here to stay. I'm going to go put a staple on New England, New England MMA and, and make a name for myself. So what's your two degrees in? I have a business marketing and a business management degree. Oh, you're going to get too good in fighting and building yourself. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've done a great job building a product, selling myself, garnering sponsors. And, and without that college education, I wouldn't have had a clue as to how to do that. Right. Right. So you were supposed to fight Steve Garcia, uh, Mean Machine. He's an LFA veteran. The dude is a beast. That was going to be a banger of a fight, and he had to pull out. I don't quite remember the reason he pulled out, but uh, now you're fighting Yusef Zalal, who's another great fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that – what's your thoughts on that, having to change opponents late notice like that? Same mission, different journey. <laughs> I love you know, it. I, Steve – and I've said this in every interview. Steve's missed two out of the last – missed weight two out of his last three fights he missed weight contender by five pounds he missed his fight he missed weight for so he 135 showed up at 139 lfa was 145 showed up at 148 bumped up to 155 last minute fight against the violent bob ross so in my head you know when he pulled out with an injury i'm thinking no man he's just not going to make weight and and injury is a safe way to, to not get cut for missing weight so 
you know, lo and behold, it was his manager that had Zalal on the hook, on the line, you know. So for all I know, you know, the, the management behind the scenes was saying, Zalal, get ready. We're not sure if, if Garcia is going to be able to make weight. We want you getting ready for this guy. And one thing led to another. Garcia's out. Zalal's in. Zalal's 2-0 in the UFC, and it's a much better head to put in my bag. I love it. I love it. You got the killer instinct. Is that something you uh, you uh, work on? I mean, I come Staying from a hungry. family, like a family of hard workers. You know, we were raised in the restaurant industry. Uh, my grandfather set up a big restaurant empire in the 80s, and it's just trickled down to, to a good work ethic, a strong work ethic. And, and no matter what I put my mind to, this is this is what you would be seeing. It would be I'd be a killer in the office. I'd be a killer in the business room. I was crushing it in wholesale before I quit that job to focus on fighting. And, uh, you know, I'm very passionate about what I do and I put my heart into everything that I do. How's training in COVID been for you? Um, so I was supposed to fight Danny Henry in April. And when yeah. that call got called off, I was, I was at a pretty, pretty unstable, crazy place because, um, my girlfriend is a first responder. She's a nurse at one of the hot, at one of the epicenter hospitals in Boston. So on top of the social distancing and the quarantining, I was really in a position where we didn't know what the, the virus was. We didn't really know what we were dealing with. And we weren't comfortable allowing people in and out of our house to train with me to get me ready for Danny Henry. So I was pretty much in my basement with, you know, a rogue setup, uh, aerodyne bike and a heavy bag alone getting ready for this fight. And I was losing my shit. You know, I had created this huge monster in my head and I was focusing all on all the variables that were out of my control. Um, so that really set me for a loop. And then once the fight started picking back up again and I started seeing the quality of the fighters that were showing up, I started to realize, hey, man, everybody's in the same boat as me. No one's got everything going right for them. They're just doing the best that they can and putting their best foot forward. So uh, back to that other you know, notion, like in my head, Danny Henry had his jujitsu coach, his striking coach, and a few of his teammates in his house every day with Matt's in his living room, getting ready for that fight. And I was pretty much on a fucking island in my basement alone, running on a, on a dirt track, doing road work, you know, taking my dog on long runs, just trying to, to, to get to make sure my cardio was on point because I couldn't work on my jujitsu. I couldn't really work on my wrestling. Had a heavy bag to work on my striking, but I couldn't have coaches come in. I couldn't have teammates come in because, God forbid, someone comes in takes the virus that my girlfriend may or may not have brought home from work and got, you know, their aunt, their uncle, their grandparent, their mom sick. And we just, we weren't comfortable with that on our conscience to let that be an issue. So again, I just made this monster of an issue in my head and really focused on the things that I couldn't control. And, uh, I keep mentioning this, like my, my, my homie Calvin, I watched him become a better fighter through all this. And what he told me was Peter, man, I'm just focusing on the things that I can control. And that's all that matters. Calvin so, Cater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he put out on two of the best performances of his life throughout this. Yes, point. indeed. And, he killed it. Oh, he's he's a, he's he's right where he should be. You know what I mean? He's right, right where he should be. And, uh, you know, he, he asked me, you know, when was the last time you read Relentless? I said, oh, it's been a while. He goes, go go pick up the book Relentless and, and go revisit the good book and, and see what you think about that, which I can see the look on your eye. It's the book uh, by Tim Grover, who was Michael Jordan's trainer. Uh, OK. And it's all about, you know, mentality and never, never being satisfied, always wanting more, always pushing to the next level. You know, he says, you know, as soon as you, as soon as you accomplish the goal, 
it's not time to party. It's time to say next. What's next? What do we got to do next? How do we get better? How do we improve? And uh, Tim Grover's work with the likes of Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, all of these, you know, standout basketball players, what he calls cleaners, um, guys that you can depend on, you know, when when all else fails, you call a cleaner and they clean up the situation and handle business. I'm, I'm big reading, so I'm adding that to my reading list. Yo, That'll probably be my next thing I read. Definitely pick up uh, Relentless by Tim Grover. The book could change your life, or you could read it and be like, this guy didn't tell me anything as to what to do. You know right. what I mean? It's really that lens. I gave that book to my dad at one point in his life, and my dad was like, this book sucks. It, but me, <laughs> the book changed my life because it was it was, it was right. almost giving giving you the permission to push everything else off and focus on, on your one goal and your one passion. Right, right. So are you a football fan? Yeah, I mean, everybody asks about Patriots, Red Sox, Celtics, yeah. Bruins. I mean, once I really got, you know, into fighting, I kind of tuned out everything else and just focused on myself. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if I have time to sit down and watch a Patriots game, I mean, I grew up with Tom Brady. I, I graduated high school in 2005. I went to school in Boston. I went to all the parades. I would skip ditch school to go to parades. Um I love the Patriots. I love the NFL. I love the whole camaraderie of team sports, but I just, I'm so focused on myself that I don't really put that attention to the sports like I used to. That's fair. That's fair. Last question before I let you go, big dog. Uh, Khabib and Gaethje, uh, they, they confirmed it for October. Oh, I can see your face lit up. It's an awesome fight, isn't it? It's so good. Yeah, yeah I mean, Gaethje kind of, I don't want to say he blew my mind with his performance against Ferguson, but I didn't see, in my head, going into that fight, I didn't see him being that dominant. And when I watched him shut Ferguson down, previous to that, I thought Ferguson would be the only one that could snub Khabib. And then to watch Khabib, then to watch Ferguson get beat like that by, by Gaethje, I was like, man, this kid, he's the real deal. Because I watched him in World Series of Fighting. You know, I've, I've, I've trained at Grudge Training Center. I, I buy Onyx gloves that are made by Trevor Whitman. Like, I told you I used to live in Denver, so there's a, a familiar yeah. community there where I always rooted for the guy, but he was always in World Series of Fighting, and you never know how one athlete will translate from one league to the next. And he's just another kid, kind of like Calvin, you know, in the right place, doing the right thing, and he's right where he belongs. I think uh, I think if someone's going to get Khabib, it, it's going to be Gaethje. It's going to be a good fight. I'm really excited for it. I, I did a big breakdown on how Justin Gaethje has changed as a fighter, man. Um, Right up until the Eddie Alvarez fight, he went in there and he, you know, he just swings and bangs. And then if you watch after that, he lost his second fight to uh, Eddie and Dustin. Uh, he has this change in how he fights. You know, he's a lot more lateral in and out. Um, he he's just a smarter fighter, and mm -hmm. I think that's really been a big turning point in his career for sure. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, he. That's what got me into boxing, training with some boxers. I. I I know I can knock people out. I know I have heavy hands. I know I hit like a truck, but I was getting hit too much. So I had to go study that sweet science and learn how to be a little bit more elusive so I could get to the next level without taking all those hits. And not to compare me to him, but you kind of saw that after those two fights where it really opened his eyes and saying, man, I'm getting hit too much. I, I need to I need to, to, to work on that defense a little bit. I need to, to mix things up a little bit and focus on some other things, not just being the toughest motherfucker in the cage. Awesome. Slippery Pete, I appreciate you, man. Where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, Instagram's where I'm off the chain. It's uh, Slippery Pete 145 and uh, Facebook, you'll find me Slippery Pete. Same thing on Snapchat. I mean, I'm on all of them. Twitter is Slippery's World. That's my favorite handle. Um, but I'm just not <laughs> active over there. So 
Awesome. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Got you, brother. Hey, I appreciate it. I'm pulling for you. Uh, pulling for you in a couple of weeks, man. It's gonna be an awesome fight. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Take it easy, brother. Have a good one.